Hey guys, welcome to Thrive Bites, the official podcast of Dr. Colin Zhu, aka The Chef Doc. On every episode, I talk with health and wellness experts from all over the world, such as doctors, chefs, dietitians, coaches, and many more. And I sit down with them and have casual conversations about plant-based lifestyle, how to elevate our emotional resilience, and what it really means to thrive. And I bring all of this to you. So let's get to this week's episode. Okay, guys, welcome to another episode of Thrive Bites. I'm your host, Colin Zhu, and thank you for joining in. Uh, today, we have a great, great guest for you today. Um, she is a, a great colleague, a good friend. Uh, this is Miss Shireen Chow. Um, she is a, a, a wonderful, wonderful colleague and a friend. Uh, she is an award-winning dietitian and chef. Uh, focused on building a more sustainable world through plant-based nutritional education. Um, She's collaborated with many brands and institutions to bring great programs and serving as a chair-elect for the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics. And she was featured as one of the Today's Dietitian Magazine's 10 RDs, Making a Difference in 2019. Hi, Shireen. Thank you for so much for coming on to the show. Hey, Colin. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so excited about it. Yeah. And um, you and I haven't really shared uh, you know, too many in-person uh, conversations, but we've been following each other a lot through social media. And I feel like, you know, we've been doing very, very similar ty- types of work, but through uh, different kind of industries. And I absolutely love what you're doing. And um, I can't wait for the audience members um, to kind of you know, uh, hear about your unique uh, story. Um, so if you don't mind, like, tell me, tell me how you got to where you are. And um, I know you work uh, mainly as an RD, but you also, you know, have basically created and molded your foundation in the plant-based world. But how did you come to this point? Yeah, thanks so much. Um, well, I, I guess it was something that I mean, I don't want to say I was born into it, but it wasn't like a direct journey. So both uh, my parents are vegetarian and they're, um, so I was really born and raised vegetarian and then eventually became uh, 100% plant-based. But um, my parents are actually uh, Chinese medicine doctors. So I grew up in that space and um, just seeing a lot of the Chinese herbs around me, um, seeing acupuncture around me, and seeing a lot of, you know, the different principles of lifestyle medicine that, or that's what it's called now, the category, um, really seeing them focus on meditation. And um, that's how I grew up. And I always tell people, you know, I used to, I had my first goji berry before my first raisin, and that's kind of how I was raised. Um so it's just been a really different childhood, I think, than many other people. Um, but I didn't uh, initially think that I would even go into um, food or nutrition. I actually never thought that was a real option for me. I don't know why. Um, I think probably because I didn't know any dietitians and I didn't want to be a doctor. Like, that wasn't uh, interest to me. Um, so it I, I knew I always loved food, but just didn't really think, you know, that was a possibility. So uh, business was always an aspect that was interesting to me as well. And so I actually um, 
my first job out of college was actually working for Hewlett Packard doing global operations and supply chain. So that was totally different Mm. than what I'm doing now. And I just was really unfulfilled. I mean, I learned a lot from that job, but I knew I really wanted to work with people and wanted to learn more about what I could do uh, towards my passion. So my passion was working with people, helping people, and then also something in food. And mm-hmm. so that's when I pursued um, Natural Gourmet Institute to become culinary trained. And that was definitely the best decision of my life, making that leap um, to really leave the that corporate space and go pursue my passion in this avenue. And um, that like really opened my eyes and, and really provided me with um, a lot more questions. And I knew I was already in the right direction. And I wanted to um, go back to school to combine the two. So with the culinary and also the nutrition to become a dietitian. Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, thank you. Um, the re- reason why I snickered was because I totally know what you mean. Um, my mother's a Chinese medical doctor. She does acupuncture and herbs and stuff like that. Um, my dad's an engineer, so I didn't have both uh, halves. But, uh, yeah, I totally, totally relate to uh, what you're saying in terms of being exposed to, you know, kind of like when you look at the supermarkets and you see this whole aisle of superfoods and things like that. Mm-hmm. And honestly, growing up in a, in, in a household, you know, similar to yours, it's, you know, it's commonplace, you know, probably we wouldn't even call these superfoods. Yeah, know, just just like, yeah, I know. I'm like, okay, I've had this like since I was born, basically. So yeah. now it's a superfood suddenly. Yeah, <laughs> like exactly. Like black yeah. sesame seeds. Okay. Like I've been eating that forever. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I'm just looking at these things and I'm like, these are way marked up. I'm just going to go to my local Asian market and just pick it this up. <laughs> on the convenience lane. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I mean, it's, you know, there's so much awesome stuff out there. So it's, you know, I was uh, learning more about your background too. And knowing that your mom had that background also, I just thought it was like you would, you would get where I'm coming from. Yeah, 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 definitely. So, I mean, I think that's, that's awesome. Um, what, uh, have you had any, uh, I guess, differences in your health journey? Um, you know, up throughout the years, you know, you know, some people, you know, love to report that, you know, they've lost weight or they've been able to fix their XYZ conditions with the plant-based lifestyle. You know, did you have any um, similar health, um, you know, uh, journey examples or um, anything, uh, you know, similar maybe with a client or like a friend or something like that that might have pushed you further or, or was it just the, the love of food and nutrition that just drove you to where you are? I mean, I think definitely the love of food and nutrition, but what actually got me interested in nutrition, the nutrition space was, is a little bit different than I think other people. It was actually because of food politics and mm-hmm. that piece had changed my outlook on food completely. And so um, it was actually because of that 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 really made me want to be so um, deep mm-hmm. in this field and this industry because it pissed me off so much and it continues to piss me off. And so um, <laughs> I really, really wanted to learn more about, you know, how our food politics um, impacts our everyday life, food marketing, um, all of that, uh, because those, I think, 
you know, really, really challenge uh, what we know and see growing up. Um, and even today, people who just have never been exposed to nutrition education or learned about, you know, some of the policies and the politics behind the food that we see every day, it, mm-hmm. you know, it can really, really transform your view of, you know, the landscape and, and your decisions. And so mm-hmm. I think that that is what really got me interested. And yeah. um, and so that that's what I continue to work on. And I feel like, um, you know, I, I think when people do learn more about it, they become curious and then they become upset. And I think that, mm-hmm. you know, one of the big ways is definitely to vote with your fork and vote with, you know, the things that you are purchasing. Um, mm-hmm. And a lot of that is pointing towards what's the most transparent foods and those are plant-based foods. Yeah. No, I, I, I can't agree, you know, um, anymore. It's, uh, I mean, I mean, I can't, you know, I definitely agree is basically what I want to say. And, um, I think it's at least in the medical, you know, uh, side of the coin, you know, our medical education, we're very, there's a paucity, you know, of nutritional, um, education. I think the last, uh, you know, national survey of medical schools, you know, only 27% actually required uh, nutritional education. And I know for me, um, you know, I just had biochemistry, you know, that was our, you know, nutrition. Um, and that was only 10 credit hours um, out of our four years. And so I can only imagine what other schools uh, would have. Um, and even going through um, RD school, um, I, had, um, I, have a, I had a sister that actually pursued um, RD um, and then she, uh, you know, she eventually kind of bowed out of it, um, you know, because um, the nutrition from that, her schooling wasn't really going in the direction that she felt was more of a holistic point of view. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I'm sure, you know, you've seen, you know, sparses of that. Hey, guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. Um, but I guess the the real question is is that you know your your work you know is really really the cross sections of sustainability and community and nutrition, right? So why is it at this point uh, where we are right now? Because you hear a lot about um, you know land being lost to you know increasing. Uh, agriculture, you know, more f- catering to our, uh, uh, livestock. You know, obviously we have a lot of talks about climate change. You know, we have a president that doesn't believe in c- climate change. Mm-hmm. We have all these different things, right? Yeah. Why is it important to talk about this, to put in the work for this, um, you know, from your point of lens? Um, yeah, thanks. I think that I, I do a lot of um, education at different universities, and I think that this conversation um, on sustainability, nutrition, um, policy, all of those things aren't really being taught, um, you know, at, in the nutrition space. So it's it's not really discussed. It's more of the traditional things where we're talking about clinical nutrition. We're talking about you know, food service, how do we, you know, what types of foods are we providing? Um, and then also in the community nutrition space, it is being discussed, but not so in-depth with food policy. Mm-hmm. And it's incredibly important because 
I feel like as a nutrition professional and anyone who works in food, understanding these issues will really change and challenge your outlook, especially when you are serving the communities that you're serving. And for me, uh, in my past position as the nutrition director for LA Kitchen, which was a nonprofit, mm-hmm. we actually worked with people who are former foster youth, formerly incarcerated, and formerly homeless individuals. And um, we also worked with a lot of the different low-income seniors across Los Angeles. And so being able to understand um, how the whole food system works, um, how we can help create jobs and um, different programming for all of these different populations and how Mm -hmm. all those things are really, really linked together uh, was really, really interesting to me. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that is because it kind of all seems like they're all different things. But when we're focused on community nutrition, um, how do we best serve the community? And Mm -hmm. when we look at different dietary guidelines and we look at um, the way things are are laid out, so through like the SNAP program, which is the Supplemental Nutrition Assistance Program um, in California Mm -hmm. called CalFresh, Uh, when we're looking at uh, WIC, when we're looking at serving seniors through, through the Older Americans Act, Um, All of these are different federal dollars that are going into these community nutrition programs. And so how can we um, serve, you know, these programs to encourage more healthful foods, so Mm -hmm, more mm -hmm. nutritious foods um, that are also uh, more sustainable as well that helps uh, our whole food system. So Mm -hmm. um, what I mean by, you know, creating a more sustainable food system is um, increasing more plant-based foods like you mentioned um, agriculture is really impact directly impacting the land in a very, very negative way. And so how, um, how can we encourage more people to shift their diets to something that's more sustainable? Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And so, you know, with the Eat Lancet report talking about not only human health, but planetary health, mm-hmm. really, really encouraging and shifting towards, um, you know, different types of proteins like animal-based proteins um, as a really, really minimal amount. And I mm-hmm. feel like that's very consistent with um, Harvard as well as the Culinary Institute of America where they have this whole thing talking about protein flip. And mm-hmm. then in our dietary guidelines, we're talking about, um, they don't directly talk about it because I feel like it's very political, but but it is, you know, one of the three um, eating patterns that are being promoted. Uh, so there's the U.S. A healthy eating pattern, there's the Mediterranean eating pattern, and then there's also the vegetarian eating pattern. And those yeah. are the three recognized uh, patterns that are um, promoted by the dietary guidelines for Americans. And so I think without understanding or knowing that those are acceptable, those are helpful, um, and those are all largely plant-based, um, and if not, can be totally plant-based. Um, so how can we serve the people that we want in the communities through the ways that are acceptable and also healthful? Um, I feel like all the information is readily available. It's just um, how do we as practitioners implement that and promote mm-hmm. that because it's it's already there. The evidence is there that, you know, we need to shift to a plant-based diet. Um, it's more healthful. It's better for the planet. Um, even within the communities, it's something that we can help promote, you know, within all these different groups. Um, A lot of the different groups, obviously, you know, um, 
the top chronic diseases are, uh, can be helped and definitely prevented through a more sustainable, healthful plant-based diet. And so mm-hmm. it's just all of these different pieces are, are there yeah. bringing yeah. it all together. You know, I think, so we- uh, <laughs> yeah. Uh, and thank you for sharing that. Um, I, I just, I, I feel like I want to be like Spider-Man, you know, there's a lot of superhero movies nowadays and I just want to be like Spider-Man cast a web and actually interconnect all the different components into something very, 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 very cohesive, right? Because mm-hmm. you, ha- you do have these programs, um, you know, like, you know, like the SNAP and the WIC, you know, that are doing its thing. Um, and then you also have, you know, an over, you know, having the commission, the Eat Lancet Commission, which I thought was a huge, huge, you know, global, you know, initiative and move, um, you know, when you're actually bringing a lot of, you know, you know, well-researched, well-learned and, um, you know, people to the table and actually thinking about, okay, this has come to a point where uh, we really need to do something about this. And, um, you know, I obviously there needs to be a lot of intermediate steps um, in between to be able to implement it. First, people have to look at it, agree to it, and then actually put, you know, mm-hmm. gears in place to actually make it work. But I think it's a very, um, you know, looking at the commission report, it looks to be um, you know, at least something realistic, you know, for someone to actually, or a group of, or a country to be actually implement. Um, do you feel like, um, you know, like, the, because the SNAP program has been in for a while, the WIC program has been in for a while, um, you know, do you feel like, um, you know, these programs um, are doing enough? And if it's not doing enough from your point of view, like, what else can they do to improve because you know you know working as a primary care physician you know on the grounds in the trenches and all the stuff um, you know you see you know you I have a lot of conversations one-on-one patients saying um, you know things are too expensive or you know uh, these resources are out of my reach and you know people living in food deserts you know sort of speak and not having you know these access like how do we bridge the gap in terms of you know, these resources um, that the federal government has provided and, you know, what more can we do? Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I have the solution to it, but I definitely feel like I could provide some input. Um, I mean, I think with with the SNAP program, I think the programs itself are doing the best that they can. Um, I think it's really just funding allocations. So uh, just last year, uh, the current administration was talking about making it even harder for people to qualify, which this is Mm -hmm. not something that people are abusing. So making that, you know, seem like that's the case is ridiculous. Um, So I think that, you know, not cutting the funding, increasing the funding, and then being able to provide more access um, in different places. So I know that at farmers markets throughout, you know, just making it easier for people to get access to the foods that we are promoting and we are recommending. Hey guys, we're going to be taking a short break, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Thrive Bites. Let's get back to the interview. that's one piece and I think that the another piece is really educating the practitioners right so you obviously yeah. went to culinary school but most uh, physicians or you know even dietitians there they're not culinary trained and mm-hmm. so being able to really link in that piece so one of the courses 
the electives I um, helped create and teach at USC Med School um, with uh, my co-teacher, Dr. Greg Harlan, we actually create the class elective focused around um, SNAP recipients, so the community, mm, uh, because mm. LA, 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 um, what am I trying to say? USC Med School is actually within um, the a community, low access community. And mm-hmm. so how can we bring that direct community impact into the classroom? And so we have um, different courses where we're doing hands-on culinary education and teaching the students, but also all the food that um, we're purchasing is purchased at a local supermarket where the patients would most likely shop. So it's not, we're not going to like somewhere where like Whole Foods or somewhere where they wouldn't typically be at, you know. And then we also do a supermarket tour to show the students um, Mm. that, hey, this resource is so close. And a lot of the students actually didn't even know um, we go to a superior supermarket and a lot of students didn't Mm -hmm. know that it was so close to their campus and so affordable. And then um, in addition to that, the final piece for that class is having the students and teams create a meal for a family of four on the SNAP budget. Mm-hmm. And so that putting those real life examples of, you know, what someone would be encountered with. So someone who's actually on the SNAP budget and then um, where they would be shopping and having them will have to show, create a meal plan and also actually cook a dish for the family of four, mm-hmm. and then we mm-hmm. invite the different deans to come in and be the judges and taste the food and see the food. And I feel like mm-hmm. that being able to tie in, you know, the more mimicking a semi, you know, real experience uh, with um, the students who would be most likely interacting with the population as well. It gives them yeah. a better perspective. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, you're so USC meaning like college level students, correct? Uh, these are med students. Oh, these are medical students. Okay, great, yeah. great. Yeah, so I I love that because um, you know, you're you're not only because a lot of things can be taught in the classroom, right? And you know, it's that bridge of gap where you know how are you able to apply it? And I love the fact that you know you take them to a supermarket and then from there you you know bring them to you know a classroom or not a classroom a kitchen to be able mm-hmm. to actually prepare the meals with all the higher ups to be able to see and actually you know taste test you know so to speak um or literally uh, you know at this point and, you know everything that they've tried and what it does is that it actually does not it, it bridges all the gaps you know it connects all the pieces together and Honestly, like a supermarket is is its own course, um, you know, and I when I teach patients, you know, I tell them that, you know, a supermarket is very, very strategic in terms of what they put, you know, products on their shelves, where they put it, what mm-hmm. angle corner of the supermarket. So that right there is already its own course. And I love the fact that, you know, you bring them into the supermarket and obviously doing your thing and, you know, leading a culinary workshop. Um, so yeah, definitely kudos to you. And I think, um, you know, not only does it, you know, we need more nutritional education, but it elevates it to, um, a a whole nother level. Um, uh, Timothy Harlan, um, does the same thing, um, out of Tulane University with the Goldring Goldring, Mm -hmm. uh, Center. So, um, so yeah, that's awesome. So I really, really applaud you for that. Um, so what are, um, you know, being in the space that you're at, you know, and I know you work with a lot of different clients, but for our audience members that, 
you know, that do their day to day and, um, you know, they know that they want to eat better. They know that they have to move more. And these are, you know, things that they know, right? But, you know, from, you know, something for them to go into practicalities or, you know, they go to a family of four or sometimes five or six, um, and they know that, you know, they're everywhere outside their household is just inundated with fast food joints and restaurants and stuff like that. What can you offer to them um, in terms of how to start, you know, um, to be able to make the transition to plant-based? You know, for me, I love just telling them, you know what, I don't put you on a diet. I just want to advocate you eating more plants. So Mm -hmm. what are three tips that you can get them to kind of like set them up for success for those that are ones that are thinking about transitioning? Yeah, I mean, I, I'm the same way with you. I feel like it's, um, you know, how can I increase, you know, more plants? And I would say um, find different foods or dishes that you like to eat and really focus on, you know, what are things that you can make easily and throw together easily that you can always have on hand. Or, or even one of the things I really like making is, like a chickpea tuna salad, you know, so with, you know, you using, you could always have canned chickpeas on hand mm-hmm. um, and easily mash those up. I mean, that's something that you can make really, really quickly. So finding different recipes or dishes that you like, um, even being able to make them in batches so that that could help with uh, time saving. Um, I think another thing is really adding you know, what is a new fruit or vegetable that you would like to try, like whether it be the week or the day, um, whatever works for you or your family. It's really just what will encourage you to try something different. I think, you know, a lot of people and a lot of us stick to the same um, few fruits and the same few vegetables. So making that um, something new and fun uh, would be great. I I was recently at a plant-based conference. Mm-hmm. And someone who studies the microbiome actually shared that, you know, increasing, you know, the variety of fruits and vegetables, obviously, like we all, you know, know, like eat more variety, eat more variety, mm-hmm. but that can significantly impact your microbiome as well. Mm-hmm. So that is just, you know, something interesting, but also um, trying something new, new fruits and vegetables, you just never know what, what you might like. Um and then also, if you are transitioning to a fully plant-based diet, I mean, definitely is important to supplement with B12. And I think that there's yeah. misconceptions about that, but it's, yeah. you know, that's, that's very critical. Yeah. What is, uh, really quickly, for those of uh, people who don't know, what is the misconception of uh, B12? Um, I think that the misconception is that, um, you know, you can get it through um, your diet and that you don't need to take a uh, supplementation but um but it you actually do need to that's i mean the main misconception is i think a lot of people think that you can do it you know very holistically enough to say that eating plant-based diet is not holistic because it very much so is but there are certain nutrients that um you just really do need to supplement like b12 uh, mm-hmm. vitamin d and i mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah no i agree with you um I think, uh, you know, from what I've learned from Dr. Uh, Dr. Gregor's work was that, you know, our, our, our soil is just um, not what it used to be, you know, a few decades ago. And so what that means is that, um, you know, it's really the, the uh, microorganisms that you know, mm-hmm. create, you know, um, in our dirt. And then 
Um, that is mixed in with the plants and the livestock eats it. That's how you get it through meat um, exactly. or animal. And then for vegetables, it's just, you know, we just, we just cleanse everything. We chlorinate everything. We just mm-hmm. disinfect everything. So, yeah, so I agree with you. We definitely do need to, you know, um, uh, supplement. Um, so I, you know, I just love uh, the fact that, you know, we're heading in the right direction. From, you know, from your point of view, um, you know, where do you feel like, uh, you know, this plant-based, you know, movement is headed? You know, do you feel like it's gaining traction, not enough traction? Um, because obviously, you know, with the power of, you know, social media and the internet, it's definitely pushing the message forward. Where do you see, you know, in your um, bird's eye view, um, you know, things coming down the pike? Yeah, I feel like, I mean, right now is so exciting. I mean, I could not imagine, <laughs> you know, being a child, veg, vegetarian kid, knowing that, hey, like, you know, and when you're a kid, you just kind of want all kinds of foods. And um, knowing that, hey, every, almost every fast food place has a veg alternative. That mm. is not something I would have ever imagined. That's mm-hmm. crazy to me. Um, and then also a big sign is Beyond Meat went public. I mean, that's, there's so much demand for, um, you know, being, you know, interest in plant, the plant-based space uh, from all different aspects. And I think that's what's most interesting is that it's coming from, you know, I feel like before it was coming from a animal rights aspect. It was coming from a health aspect. And I feel like now it's really coming from a sustainability aspect as well as um, just different people who not are not completely plant-based but are just interested yeah. in modifying their diet or increasing more healthful foods. Um, I feel like there's so much interest in it that uh, it's just going to continue to increase. It's, yeah. really, really exciting. I mean, we have this whole huge expo in New York coming up in June, mm-hmm, um, Plant-Based mm-hmm. World Expo, which is the first one ever talking, having the community, food, food service, food brands, um, healthcare all coming together to talk yeah. about just plant-based things. I mean, yeah. that that is a huge, huge sign. And not, you know, and we might be in our own space in the U.S., but Globally, I mean, with blue zones, it's been going on forever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and um, and it's just, I think, becoming a lot more popular, especially with um, different people in social media promoting it. Obviously, a lot of different athletes talking about how much it's improved um, their performance, and from a health perspective, people seeing people, you know, dying from different diseases or yeah. getting, um, you know, impacted by different diseases, their family members or friends. And then we have a huge sustainability message globally that if we keep eating the way that we're eating, the planet's really, really getting messed up. So we yeah, it really stop. is. <laughs> it really is. We're definitely, um, you know, all these Hollywood movies about, you know, the apocalypse and things like that. And, you know what, they, you know, as fantasy as they, and fictional as it are, it, I mean, it is based on some validity of our current reality. And I think that, um, you know, we are definitely at a brink and, um, and I'm really, really, um, excited and happy just like you are to be able to see the shift, 
you know, with the pop-ups of, you know, more and more speakers, more professionals, more research, more conferences, more conversations. And, um, you know, I really, really, I'm just like thrilled about it. So um, thank you so much, um, Shireen, for coming on to this podcast. Um, please tell the audience members, though, where can they find you if they need to uh, look you up or, you know, I know you're, per, you know, you know, really, really high demand, but where can people find you? Yeah, people can go to my website, which is shireenchow.com, or they can follow me on Instagram at Eat Sustainable Foods, and I'd be happy to chat with anyone. Okay. Thank you again. I really enjoyed our conversation. Guys, this has been another um, episode of Thrive Bites. Please join us weekly here, and uh, thank you for being on the show. Thanks, Shireen. Thank you. Hey guys, that was another episode of Thrive Bites. If you like that episode, please subscribe and follow weekly for new episodes. And don't forget to rate us on Apple Podcasts.